fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. Holy
fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I wanna burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I wanna burn for you.
Everything is going to be okay. So then the Lord told me to tell you, Micah, why are you stressed? The Lord literally told me, why, why are you stressed, Micah? He literally told me to tell you, he said, he said, what I'm about to do at your wedding is going to be the most beautiful thing you've ever experienced in your life. Yeah. And then he told me to look at Ephesians 3.20. He said, everything that you've asked, thought, or even imagined about your wedding, he said he's going to do more. So be encouraged, man. Instead, 
pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Yeah. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, that your word just breathes life, always life. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, we just, we have something so special right here. Yeah. In this room. Yep. There's people on the earth, man, that will, that will never experience this. Never experience personally, never experience it as a, as a group coming to one with God. Can we all just think of a couple people that we love dearly? Yes, Jesus, help them, Jesus. That, that we that don't know the King, that aren't Jesus, willing to, to come and be a part of the Kingdom. Help them, Jesus, come on. To lift them up, man, it's their yes, life. Jesus. Life and death. It's that their life is at stake, man. Jesus, I give it to you. Thank you. 
and if I understood all of God's secret plans and his possess and possess all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I have gained nothing. push out of your head and you've even prayed about sometimes to help God not think about those things anymore. He doesn't call you those things. He calls you a king's kid. He calls you loved and chosen and he loves you. And you have a beautiful voice. Thank you. Um, we sing? I know we do a on Thursday. Song name. 
Is it a prayer? 
just wanna move your heart. Get caught up in your gaze, right here in your presence, God. Yes, it's where I wanna stay. Oh, just to dwell in your house. Yes, waste my hours and my days on you. Oh. I 
I've always felt like I've had like a calling for worship, a calling for singing and things, and I um, I've never felt good enough, you know. Never felt like my voice was ever good enough. Like I would never shape up to being a singer or whatever. But you know, and that's not what it's about. But the Lord told me the other day I saw this vision for my children. And um and I was singing and he was singing. And my kids like your name? Yeah. What's some some cool about you that Lord's done? We got new people. I know. My name is Ron. Who doesn't know me? Valerie. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I thought I was trying to say it like that. Oh, what do you mean by that? Um, yes, yeah, so Deron Brown, aka Dre Ryan, aka Dad, aka Dirty, aka the greatest. Okay, well, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 that's Today, well, it's not gonna be long. It's not gonna be long. Sure. But I'm going through what you're going through, Mike. Like, everything that you said, 
And I'm sure it doesn't just resonate with me. It resonates with everybody. Oh, yeah, a lot of us. A lot of us, because uh, I've been trying to really figure out what I'm trying to do either. And what I'm called to do, of course, in that, having to be actually open to what God actually calls you to do. Because, you know, he can call you to something, but then it's like, do you really want to do that? Because that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of a premise, too, because, you know, Abraham was called to sacrifice his son. Not exactly something that you want to do, but he knew in the promise that this is going to go through my son. So therefore, if I sacrifice him on this mountain, somehow, some way, he's going to bring him back to the dead because the promise doesn't be fulfilled unless Isaac is born. That's right. So he believed it. He trusted Where's Isaac. It. He said we're coming he's back. Like, ah, he said we're coming back. Isaac. Right. We're not and so, um, but what's that have to do with me? So, um. I took so today. I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't work at City National Bank as of now. Oh, as, 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 maybe they didn't know that. Well, I'm changing banks now. Huh? I'm gonna change banks now. Yeah, I'm changing my bank now. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Good City National. Nah, I'm screw that. I'm switching Chase. <laughs> Most people. Shout out to Chase. I love Chase. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. West Bank though. But yeah, so <laughs> I'm a. Uh, I'm trying to pursue being a teacher. Um, Whoa! That's all that. Now, mind you, this kind of more of a world knee jerk. It's kind of a knee jerk response. I don't know if it's necessarily really from God. No, from the moment I met you, I thought you were supposed to be a teacher. No, I'm not going to lie. And Matthew was God, so that's a. Okay. All right. So. not David said that I'm a little God with like a little G. If I had you as a teacher, I would literally skip class. So, but the issue with that is, of course, you know, you got to take the practice exams and everything like you that can do it. and pass those. You as can well. do it. And I'm not a good test taker. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the uh, brightest dude. And today I was actually supposed to take the math portion, the core, and I missed it. I actually missed it. I paid $90 and I missed that thing. And so had me a little disgruntled, had me a little discouraged yeah. for a bit. And I was walking around, I was on Marshall's campus too, and I drove all the way down there, wasted a whole bunch of gas, yeah. wasted my money. And then I got a big fat zero on the test because I was like, take it. Yeah. Were you late or something? Like, why did they let you take it? Uh, I was late and the doors, like nobody was actually mm-hmm. at the building. Well, I'm supposed to take it. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. So that's crazy. So I guess apparently I got to make a call ahead of time to make sure that people are actually going to be there at the building. I went to the um, wrong library because Drinko and there's Moro. Besides the point. Yeah, besides the point. Keep rolling. Moro. So a little discouraged about that. And I've been discouraged by a lot of things, you know, that I shared on Thursday, too, and everything. Mm -hmm. And just kind of. Letting negative negativity just run my brain. That's been a theme of my life. Always being pessimistic, always kind of downplaying <coughs> myself all the time. Like every single time I get the opportunity, and I almost got to a point where I liked it. Yeah. And it was like really to be antagonistic to somebody who's being po- positive. Yeah. Of like, okay, but what about X, Y, and Z versus A, B, and C? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And um, that was always been a thing. And. So, with all that being said, um, I was uh, I wasn't gonna come this I wasn't gonna come tonight too, but you know but here you are decided to come. The Lord had other plans. Too. Glad you're here. And um, I've been having to just get those thoughts out of my mind. Like I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. 
I'm not handsome enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not this. All all these things, and it's just like I don't. But I don't want to go to a far left extreme to where I'm overly confident in myself. Balance. You know, because then it's just always balances. So then that. Sure. But I was reading. Uh-huh. You are enough because you're God's strength. Yeah. I have to believe, and I have to really believe that. And so. I had a kind of was walking around just thinking about, you know, what if I don't pass the test? What if I don't have a job in the days of my life? Now, obviously, the Bible says if a man don't work, you don't eat. So right. straightforward, you're going to somehow, some way, get your income. I know I'm taking a long time, sorry. You're good, bro. But, um, your timetable. But just thinking about, okay, why? And then I had to really think about why am I seeking this practice? And why am I seeking these things? Is it because is it God's will or is it because I just want to have some type of status in society? That's the reason why I even pursued the bank to begin with. It wasn't really the monetary need because, I mean, you know, I'll tell you all this. My mom's a doctor, so I really don't have a want for nothing. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much good. Like, yeah. I live better than most people. Not trying to brag. Just no brag, yeah. But, um... But it was like, I wanted a status for myself. Like, I wanted to feel like I was somebody. I felt like, you know, if I had the suit on, I feel like if I was in the bank, I felt like I was important enough to talk to. I felt like I was relevant enough for a woman, a wife, not even for the financial, never mind, saying for the finances, they not even, never mind the fact that if I'm a good dad to take care of a child, never mind if I'm willing to make the living sacrifices that we are called to do in Romans 12, but just for the fact of the status. And that's a bad way of thinking. Yeah. And so then, it kind of has me thinking about just trying to get these jobs. I mean, I, I applied at Walmart, I applied at uh, Dunham's, and then just passing this teacher's exam. It's like, I want to pass it, and I believe God can bless me to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, but how much do I believe his word more over these circumstances? Like, why am I seeking to be a teacher? Because even that, that right there is like, is it for us? I mean, yes, obviously it's for the income, but then. Mm-hmm. Could that be the ministry, you know? Yeah. But right now, even where I'm at, I mean, it's a testimony. Because I'm go- there's a reason why I'm going through all these things, even right now, because I'm a testimony to somebody else. Like, we can't discourage the fact that, you know, we're going to suffer in life, but those su- that suffering is supposed to bring about hope. Because if, honestly, quite frankly, if everything was going good in your life, mm-hmm. one, you wouldn't need God. You wouldn't pray to God as much. Matter of fact, if anything, that would be more of an encouragement to pray to God because now you're like forgetting the hope. You're forgetting God. You're forgetting his. I'm peacing, guys. Bye, bro. Does anybody need any help? No, should be good. Okay. And so I was going to, let me just finish off. I'll just say, read this right here. So I was in Hebrews. So Hebrews chapter 7, verse 18. For on one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and useful, uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath, for those who formerly became priests were made much without an oath. But this one was made with a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes the Jesus the guarantor, guarantor of our of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office, but he holds the priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save the uttermost 
those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And so that kind of, that was in a sense encouraging for me, but at the same time also not. And I say that, <laughs> I, know, I know it's weird to say that because it's like, because we realize, because it's kind of like, okay, we look at the law as if, yeah, I get it, it was this taskmaster, it's this thing that we can never accomplish, and we get that we're not under law. We get that, but you gotta really wrap your mind, like, think about it. God didn't just establish the law just out of the blue. He didn't just wrote these lists of commands just to show that he can't do them. But that was, I mean, that was, yeah, one of the main points. Yeah, we can't do them, but when you look at these commands, it kind of, you can kind of see that it appears in God's mind, like how his mind works. Like that's how he operates when he said, love your neighbors, you love yourself. Think about that. That's not a bad thing to do. I have a question about the scripture. This is kind of embarrassing that I don't know this. Jesus knew he was the son of God his whole life. Mm-hmm. His parents knew he was the son of God. Did, but he didn't know that he was going to have to die until soon before he died. Right? Yeah, he knew, he knew, he knew the whole time. He knew the whole time. Okay, then what I was going to say. I thought there was a certain point where he was like, oh, okay, I have to die. Mm-hmm. He was really he was really good about keeping spoilers to himself. That's why nobody else knew. Yeah, I didn't get that part yet, man. <laughs> 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 he just dies? <laughs> Question? Hey, spoiler alert comes back to this. That's nice. so funny. I know, I mean, I was rambling on it, but just like it kind of makes like whatever, anytime now when I'm seeking God and I'm trying to, you know, pray for revelation, I always like go back to, ironically, I do go back to his law because I try to see, okay, in any other things that I'm praying for, is it going to bring about X, Y, Z? Now, obviously, you know, who can understand the thoughts of God other than the spirit of God? True. But I compare that in with my own mind. It's like, okay, logically speaking, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, if I pray for these things, why do I need them? Yeah. If he is able to save the uttermost, he's able to, he's able to make intercession. As I'm just reading this. Those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them, like who's to say he can't provide what he's trying to provide in the circumstance that I'm in now and get glory out of it because it's like, no, I'm not relying on the world to get X, Y, and Z. No, I'm relying on him. Now, does that make, make me a rock? Does that make me a mute? Does that make me less mobile? No, because it also, you know, you got to obviously, we have natural wisdom, we do things. Yeah. But just to make the point, I, have, I had to really kind of use this to basically say the Lord is going to provide for me no matter what. Whether I yes, say I is. can or I can't, yes, I remain faithless, he remains faithful. Yes, I guess that's is. kind of the whole sum up. No, you're good, bro. Something as you were talking, and it was like multiple scriptures all at once, so like bear with me. Um, no, go ahead. You bear about, with me, so. <laughs> about your thought life, how you tend to think of like negative stuff. Um, I was kind of in a similar position a few years back and something that I committed to memory that really has helped um, is Philippians 4, 8. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And so anytime that I'm like going through like a mental spiral or whatever, I have like a little song that I do with it. And it's um, like, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these, think about these, things such as these. Think about these. Okay, and then also whenever you were talking about having like nobody can know the thoughts of the Lord but the Lord himself. In 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, it says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive truth, these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. Only for those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? who knows enough to teach him. But we can understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. That's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good one. Jonathan, you're up and ready. Oh, Lord, bless him. Holy Spirit, make our hearts ready. Yes, mm. Jesus. Amen. We weren't ready before. I'm sorry, it was my fault. Hey, some people just aren't ready. I took the football away from Jerome. You didn't notice. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, I got the football. And you continue to talk without the football? I continue to talk without the football. All right. Jonathan, give us what you got. Well, the cool thing about tonight so far is just confirmation that what John gave me is what was needed to be said because this wasn't what I was going to talk about at the beginning of the week. Come Monday, I was actually going to talk about Job a little bit, and that was what I was focused on. And then God was like, no, let's do something else. And I was like, oh, God, I got to do something else. So I started typing out notes and reading scripture while at work and everything. Come Thursday night, Brayden talks about Job, and I was like, okay, yes, I see why. I see why. We already had one Job this week. We don't need another. So he ended up putting me in 1 Timothy. It's going to be chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 12 through 20. It's a couple verses, but we'll break them down. 1 Timothy what? 1, and then it's verses 12 through 20. So it starts off with Paul's testimony, and it goes, I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he has considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an arrogant man, I've received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I'm one of the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who believe in him for eternal life. Now to the King Eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He's talking to Timothy here. So he goes, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you these instructions to keep with the prophecies previously made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the good fight, mm. having faith and a good conscience, conscious, which some have rejected and have shipwrecked the faith. Among them are a name I can't pronounce, and Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even going to try. Feminist. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> 
I was going to say Hamas. Himenaeus. 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 They may be taught not to blaspheme. Himenaeus? I still can't read. The first part about that is when Paul shared his testimony. I really want to break down that because one thing I struggle with personally is being open and vulnerable with people. Which I showed that Thursday that I apologized to the guys at group. At get it better. Get it better. better. I have struggles talking with people and being open and vulnerable. So in Paul's testimony, the first thing he does is give thanks to God, which is the first thing we should all do. From mm. the moment we wake up to the moment we should go to bed, we should be thanking God for every little thing we have in our life because without him, we don't have that. And Paul recognizes that, and we need to recognize that in our own lives as well. And I mean, it was literally the first verse that we read. I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me. Secondly, he admitted that he was absolutely nothing with God. He said he was a blasphemer, a persecutor, arrogant man, but he received mercy because he acted out of ignorance and unbelief, and that's what we do sometimes. Sometimes we'll walk through our daily life, we'll wake up in the morning and be like, thank you, Jesus, for his breath in our lungs, and we'll go out and we'll be persecuting and judging other people and the things that they're doing. How does that make us look as Christians? Yeah. We shouldn't be doing those things. We should be loving on those people and planting the seeds in them and showing them Jesus instead of just being so judgmental and not pouring the grace of God into them, but letting the world get to us. Yeah. The third thing he goes, he spoke of what God done for him, and he received mercy, and he stated that he was the worst of them all. Well, we're all the worst of them all. We're all sinners. Without him, we are absolutely nothing we cannot be nothing without christ and that's why it's so important to have this daily walk with him it's more than just being a believer it's a relationship and a lot of people i know in our generation and maybe some in the older generation too they don't see it directly as a relationship they just see it as oh i'm going to church on sundays and wednesdays and i praise jesus and i can do what i want on the weekdays and i know a lot of people like that in my life that i went to high school with and everything they're like, oh, yeah, well, I went to church, and then, you know, I went out to the bar the next day. Not saying that it, you can't do that. You have free will, but we got to keep our priorities in line, and God is our priority. We have to keep him our main focus. And then the last thing he does, he just glorifies who God is. He's talking about to a king that's eternal, immortal, invisible, that we honor and glorify him forever and ever. And one of the reasons he's sharing this testimony and one of the reasons I really wanted to speak on this and I'm really glad God gave it to me is because Paul in this time he's speaking to a young Timothy. Mm. Paul is an older generational man in this part of the Bible. He's older in age. Timothy's young. He's been selected as a church leader in the church of Ephesus at this time and people are doubting him because of his age and Okay, can he really take this to the next step? What's up, Lenny? Glad you made it. So people were just doubting him based off age, and, you know, it makes Timothy feel like he's unqualified. And I know sometimes we in our lives feel like we're unqualified to do things. That we, like my personal calling is to preach. And when I turned 18, I uh, started my own ministry, and I was going to North Hills to have this at the time out in Sissonville. And I told my youth minister there, I was like, hey, I know my calling is to preach. I know what God's wanting me to do. He's shown me visions. I'm going to do it. 
And he looked me dead in the eyes and said, without a degree and with your age, you're too young to do it. You cannot do it. Mm. That's, that was my response right there. And I was like, well, if God gave me something, I'm going to be able to do it. And I'd done it for a little while. And then I went through some things in life and God told me to stop. He put a pause on it. And he actually wants me to give it to someone I've been praying on who to give it to. Um, but that ministry ran very, very well for the time being, especially with COVID because it was mainly an online ministry. So a lot of people viewed everything and shares and it was really good for the time being. It was what people needed at the time and it was what I needed at the time. So age is not really a factor. It's your relationship with God. Do you have a strong enough relationship with him to be able to prosper into other people? And we're also going to jump to a different book in the Bible. <laughs> to better understand Paul's testimony, we really need to look at Saul because Saul himself wasn't an ordinary person. He was a blasphemer, persecutor of believers, an arrogant man, as he stated. He was the worst of them all. But yet Jesus still chose him to speak his message. So if Jesus can choose someone who denies who denied him, who was arrogant in himself and was able to kill people under Roman law, what makes him say that he can't choose you for the simplest things that you've done? Yeah. What makes him say that you're unqualified? So just reflecting on these things that we've personally done in our lives and when we persecute others for what they do and sometimes being arrogant with the things that we have and living outside of the body with Christ without the exception of coming to church on every Sunday, because that's what some people do. Um, we just need to be that light to people, plant that seed. So we're going to hop over to Acts 9, and it's chapter 1 through... Wait. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 20. Um, it's also very long, but we'll get through it. This was when Saul was... Um, still with the Romans, he was still persecuting Christians and everything, and God spoke to him, and then we see a new man appear in this story. So it goes, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any who were there, whoa, I lost my place. So if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might, take, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who, who are you, Lord? asked Saul. He automatically knew that was God speaking to him, which is just so crazy to think because he was this adamant person of killing Christians and killing people who believed in God, but yet he recognized that voice, and he knew it was God. So I just, I just think that's a really cool part of the story. Where are we at? I'm sorry. I just got we're, we're, on, we're on verse 5 now. Okay. So he goes, who are you, Lord? And Jesus goes, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. So they, 
oh my gosh, I can't see the highlight works. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, and ask for a man from Taurus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man, a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all of the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who calls on your name. The Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name and to let the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, and once, at once he began to preach, this, preach in the synagogues that Jesus was the Son of God. So there's a couple things that really stick out for me in that particular section. I mean, Paul was still going out at this point and had the right to kill Christians for who they were, for believing in him, being the way, the many group, um, people that were traveling and sharing God's word. And then all of a sudden, he's just walking down this road, and he hears this voice. And I know there's been personal times in my life when I'm just studying and praying or even just driving, not really, especially when I'm driving, not really paying attention to God, just, you know, doing my own thing. And I just hear God start speaking to me, and I'm like, whoa, I have to stop. I have to actually listen to this and see what he's telling me, because this, I mean, it's God. It's obviously important. So for Paul, well, Saul at this time, not really know, he knows who God is, obviously, but not to believe in him. To stop in the middle of his tracks and listen to God, it just really shows me how powerful God really is and how much we should listen to him. Amen. Because the majority of the time, we'll blow things off. Yes. I know I do it a lot. I've blown a lot of things off in my life that I probably should have done and I've never done. Um, so Jesus is just simply asking him, you know, I'm the person that you're persecuting. I need you to go to the city and do these things. So Paul, of course, listens to him, but Jesus also gave him a little extra. His eyes were blinded. His eyes were open, but he couldn't see. And I know there's been times probably in everyone's walk here when we feel blinded. And we feel like God's putting us in a direction somewhere, but we just can't exactly see where he wants us to go. Like, especially when I wanted my, I wanted my ministry to go my way. I didn't want it to go God's way in the beginning. I wanted it to be my own thing. I wanted my name on it. And God was like, no, that's, that's not how this works. This is for me. This isn't for you. So I know... A, a lot in my life, my eyes have been closed, I guess you could say. So then he speaks to Ananias, and 
you go to the vision saying, hey, I need you to go to this house. There's this dude that's going to be waiting there for you. Um, place hands on him. That way he can see again. And the way I picture that vision when it happened, when Ananias came to the house of Judas, when he laid hands on Saul, who became Paul, with, of course, the scales of the eyes and everything folded. But I just feel like his eyes just brightened up like a light. That yeah. he could actually see the world as God entailed it to be. That it wasn't just the world itself, but it was God's creation. Something that he hasn't seen before. And that's something that I hope to see in my life every day. I see it more as God's creation and not just the world. So Ananias goes, well, I've heard reports of this guy. I mean, he's gonna, he, he kills people for a living. And one of my favorite people in the Bible is actually Stephen. You can find him in Acts 7 through 8. Stephen is probably, in my opinion, one of the most faithful people in the Bible. You should definitely take a moment to read that tonight or throughout the week. Paul was actually the guy that said it was okay to stone him to death, that it was okay to kill him in Acts 8. He gave the final call for it. Steve, to kill Stephen? To kill Stephen. Um, so, of course, Ananias knows all of these things, and Ananias is like, wonder if he kills me. But God says he's chosen. <coughs> and that really strikes out for me because we're all chosen. If we're gods, we're chosen. We all have some type of calling in our lives to share his word. We all have something in our lives that God's placed us to go to share his word to other people. So, of course, Ananias, being the person he is and the Christian he is and the follower of Christ, he goes... And he trusts God, which that's something I struggle with a lot, is trusting God, um, just being faithful and doing the things he wants me to do. So he goes and he places hands on Saul, and Saul's sight's restored, and Saul can see. And then Saul spends the next couple of days, several days, it says, with the disciples in Damascus, and is sharing God's word. I mean, it's just a rapid change that happened in Paul's life. Yeah. And I know sometimes we expect God to make a rapid change in our lives, and sometimes that doesn't happen. I know, just a little backstory here, I have a really good friend, we still talk all the time um, from high school. We were locker partners all four years. I mean, we just done pretty much everything together when we were in school. But she was the hardcore atheist person. She didn't believe in God. God was not anything to her you know and after high school we fell off a little bit i didn't really talk to anyone outside of high school and as a couple of you guys know one of my well she was my best friend passed away in september and i saw kaylee again at the funeral we were talking and everything we got to talking and she brought up church and jesus and i never thought i would hear those words ever come out of her mouth and she was talking about how she formed this relationship with God and how beautiful it is and how God's really opened her up to what's, what's actually supposed to happen in her life. And I feel as sometimes we give up too easily and too early on people. Because in high school, I mean, freshman year, even in middle school, I was always like, why don't you just like come to church with me, you know? Yeah. Come on, it's nothing can hurt. It's just two hours out of your day. Just come and listen. And it was always a hardcore, no, I'm not coming. I don't believe in that. So I gave up. Yeah. I was like, there is no hope in me getting her to come to church. And she was supposed to be here tonight. She had her wisdom seat taken out, which oh, I'm for her for that. Um, she's, she's going through it. 
but it's crazy how I even think a four-year span is a rapid change in someone's life for the way I knew sh how she was yeah for my personal relationship that I had with her for God to change her in four years to be a faithful person to him that's rapid in my opinion yeah so rapid can be instant rapid can be over time it's just depending on the definition of rapid and it's depending on the person that God has put in your life to plant that seed um, and one of my favorite things that I've always been told as a kid and I've heard it preached over and over and over is that God doesn't qualify the called well, I done messed that up <laughs> God doesn't call the qualified he, call, he qualifies the called and I've actually told you that at the hotel when we worked together a couple of times, we spent late nights sitting outside <laughs> of the hotel on the bench just talking Jesus during the whole shift, and it was amazing, and I loved those and missed those times. But a lot of these things that are happening right now, especially in our generation, I know, I kind of went off topic there, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was going to tell you really quickly, I've been thinking about this for like the past 30 minutes. Yeah, is that whenever we say it's really important to talk, uh, to hear God and to listen to God at that moment, not God tell you something and then like two weeks later you're like, well, he told me two weeks ago. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like it's like in that instant, and it's like literally that. This morning, I was on my way to work, 5.30 in the morning, I'm going through streets, yes, it took 30 minutes to get my food. Now it's six o'clock, I'm late for work. There's Thanks, a guy, Garrett. I pull, I go through the drive-thru. I go through the drive-thru, it's literally in Poco. You, you, <laughs> you drive through the drive-thru, it wraps around, it wraps around the whole building, and then I see a guy, there's no one in the parking spot, right? It's me and this guy. He's inside of a parking spot, cigarette butts around the guy. He's, he's just a normal guy. He's 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 on the ground on his knees, looking up at the Sheets logo, praying. And the first thought that popped in my mind, obviously, is drugs. <laughs> I mean... He's wearing poker, right? And so I was like, hey, man. I said, hey, man, are you okay? I genuinely looked like a rough guy. He turns around, had my company's logo on his chest. Works for Tri State. He said, "Man, wow. I heard God's voice, and I, I had to pray." And it's, it's, if you don't believe me, I took a video of myself sending it into the committed group chat. I didn't send it. I, I just didn't oh, send it. So oh. it's, it's still my camera. But it's still my camera. It's still my camera. Anyways, he said it's it's a uh, it's it's in that instant, and I was like, dude. For some reason, I stopped. I, I'm glad you told me that. I wish I was that strong in my faith that I could just stop right there and pray. He's walking in the sheets, dude, and he's like, "Here's God's voice," and just. Stops. stops and prays right there. But awesome. Looking at the sheets logo, dude. Like, that's crazy to me. Anyways, also, it's Saturday. I've never seen a guy before. He happened to get called him on a Saturday. And me and at the same time, and you happened to get called him on a Saturday. Yep. And one, one of the like, five people that were at the at the shop. That's amazing, dude. No coincidence. Wait, no. you guys work at the same place? We're the same company, but yeah. I, I'm going to him. I understand that. Yeah, he's a roofer, too. Oh. You're not that. I'm not a roofer, so. <laughs> I love you, Kurt. Roofer. Roofer, I'm barely even over. Roofer, roofer. It's all the same. <laughs> all right, and back to roof, roof. Listen, that sheets wouldn't have taken 30 minutes. You wouldn't have met the guy. Hilarious. Oh! oh! Get time of vibe. I'm John. Dude, I'm in every morning. <laughs> that was great. I love that whole interaction. Anyways, that's. I just want to say that. So thank you for <laughs> thank you for confirmation. Well, thank you for confirmation. I saw your light, eyes light up, bro, because you went. He said it. You I went. Back. Yeah, you were like. Yeah. I was like, oh, curb star got something to say. Yeah. So I mean, I'm basically done. I just have like a couple of questions for Let's you guys to answer right yourself down. and to kind of feast upon these next couple of days. Feast. And yeah, feast. <laughs> so my first question would be, 
to think of an instance in your life where you can see that God rapidly changed you or maybe a story that you have of someone else's life that you've seen that rapid change in someone's life. And if you wanna share, I mean, you can feel free to share here. If not, that's cool. Um, and then I have a couple of other things right down here. And one of the big things that caught up, that caught me in this is that we get caught up trying to act like perfect Christians around people. And Paul knew he wasn't perfect. I mean, Paul done these horrible, horrible things. And does it actually make us work, look worse than we actually are if we weren't trying at all? Yeah. And that really hit me hard when God gave me that. Are we trying to look so perfect that it's making us look worse for other people? And then some of the benefits... Do we, have, do we know of any benefits that we can learn from the older generation of the church? Because we're the upcoming generation. We're going to be the new leaders of this church. What can we take from what they've done in the past and over these couple of years and turn it into something where we can further grow the ministry? Um, what is it, Chris? Repeat your first question again, and I will... And I'll, and then uh, I missed the first question. I didn't have an answer. Uh, answer for the second second question. I didn't know you weren't done asking questions. Okay. The first one was: Is there an instance in your life where you feel like God rapidly changed you? Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want to share? No, he shared at the beginning. He shared at the beginning. You asked your question. We're good. We're good. And the second one was. Do we get caught up trying to act like perfect Christians that it's actually making us look worse than if we weren't trying at all? That was the third one? That was the second one. <laughs> oh, the second one was that previous generation. No, the third one was previous okay, generation. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I missed the first two. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if there's one two. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. I mean... I know... I, I titled it Sharing Your Testimony even though... I mean, we're probably, we don't have to share our testimonies or anything tonight. That's just, if you want to share, you can. But I feel like with Paul's testimony that he gave to Timothy, young Timothy at this time, just being a young church leader, being doubted in our lives. I mean, we're young. We're going to be doubted like, oh, well, you can't do this job. You're too young for it. Or you can't do this, you can't do that. Just all these misconceptions that we get in life from older generations and from people in our lives. We can do anything that God tells us to do, brother, because God tells us to do it. So I just really want us all to be praying and seeking God on answers that he wants for us in our lives and to guide us in that directional path of what he wants to open our eyes to see his vision yes. and not a worldly vision. And that's all I got. So I'll pass the football on that. Praise out. Really good. quickly, one of the things that I see from the previous generation, no, I'm not trying to be funny, even though somehow I just, like I always see like it happens. We got it. And I'm really not. I mean, the older generation, I don't know. Okay, there probably is like one or two. But for the most part, the older generation of Christians are so at peace compared to the younger generation. Yeah, that's like such an important thing. I don't know hardly anyone who is over, let's say the older generation is over 55. Or maybe, let's, let's say 60. They're retired. They're at peace, which is such an important thing. Yeah. Like you see like all these young Christians very, very stressed. I feel like yeah. just being honest, Matthew, I feel like you're a stressed out kind of guy. Like you're a stressed out, high intensity kind of guy. 
I'm high intensity. High intensity. Not, yeah, not yeah. usually stressed. No. Okay, maybe not. Maybe I got the wrong. Okay, well, there's someone oh, like that God. who's stressed somewhere right now, and I'm saying the older generation probably is. You're on stress. I'm, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Yeah, yeah, Will's definitely stressed. House, marriage. The, uh, <laughs> you have to keep in mind that like, the older people have also been through it all before. Yeah. So that's right, Jake. They're ready. Yeah, they're already dealt with it. Yeah, yeah. But but they're, 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 they're still trying to figure this out. But as a young, as the younger generation, you should know that you're going to be okay. Yeah. You shouldn't stress you're looking at them. Yeah. So, yeah. By looking at them, you should know that you're going to be okay. It's, yeah. it's the doubtness. Yeah, it's easier to have peace when you're truly in love with the Father. Yeah, and it's easier to be in love with the Father when you have the peace. It's true. Yeah. I think God gives you the stress so you learn to rely on Him. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right, Chad. God never said that. <laughs> you told it. I'm not really the I'm glad you did. Kylie's got a script. Yeah, go ahead, Kylie. We can hear what you got to say, girl. It ties into what you're saying. This is Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And this is in chapter 6, starting at verse 25. It says, This is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, on, whether girl. you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. It is, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Mm-hmm. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Mm. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly take care of you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly wow. Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and look right and yeah. he will give you everything you need. So don't worry mm. about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go, baby. That is good. Snap all right. I was talking to Mr. Curry today. Some of you guys know him, Justin yeah. Curry. Yep. And he you know, sent me that you know he's coming to our wedding, whether it's us and and he was like, I know they're probably really stressed, and and I and I literally sent him like a part of that, and you know, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Things have different. If one, I think one's in Luke and one's in Matthew, where that both says that. I think the one, I think you, where were you reading from? Matthew. Matthew. Oh, it's a different version. It just sounded a little different, but just crazy that you said that, and I literally just sent that message a couple hours ago. I feel like this awesome. whole entire night, the Lord just everything orchestrated, just completely orchestrated. More than more than you know. Yeah. I also have a little song that I made up for the Philippians four six, where it's like, "Don't be anxious about anything." Let's hear it. So it's, That's "Do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus." Amen. They're all they're all I've never experienced anything like that. I don't, I don't, I've never heard that before. That's Anyways, uh, no. Kirby's got the ball. In hand. <laughs> yeah. 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 John, 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 John. All right, Kirby. All right. throw it and I'll close this out. I want to close this out. Throw it and I'll pitch to Matthew. Uh, intercepted, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, just kidding. Hey, anybody got serious prayer requests before we leave? No, nothing, nothing minor, actually. <laughs> Only serious. <laughs> Job search. Uh, yes. You're going to get a job, man. 
Remember what we talked about tonight? Don't be worried about a thing. He's going to take care of you. Yeah. What else other than a job search? Your car? You, you got your car back yet? Uh, the car parts aren't supposed to come until December. Oh, God. You're never getting that car back, Andrew. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> take it out of his hands. Andrew knows I'm just kidding. Chad. <laughs> Yeah, you did this during our custody clinic for my kid, the 19th, so... Custody clinic? Okay. What, what day? The 19th. November 19th. Mm-hmm. That's their wedding. So, we'll, we'll see you there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, Hannah, for Hannah's breakfast, she's... Hannah's breakfast, yes. Taking another one tomorrow. Good. Oh, Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh... Pray for a guy I work with. His name is Bob Webster. Bob Webster. He is 67, still yeah. working a blue collar job. If you know, like oh he's, he's still, still a man. He's done it his whole life. Five feet under. He, he went to an easy job because he left the coal mines, and it's not an easy job. Like, yeah. And but, uh, he's he's been divorced three times. He makes he makes a lot of money, but he lives in a single wide trailer because he has so much debt. In the wow. middle of BFE, like it's it's just like he really really needs. Wow. Financial prayer and yeah, yeah. And he's super lonely. He like, talks to me all the time about like women and stuff. Like, you, is that the guy oh, you're telling us about? Yes. Like, made like just makes like really old person comments all the time. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to write a book. Um, That's the guy. Bob Webster, he had a uh, an illness whenever he was young, and now his voice is really really high pitched, and he's super country. So just imagine what that sounds like. Hey buddy, you want to come over here, buddy? He sounds just like that. <laughs> So guys, like, anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, yeah. Jake. So my uncle was—they uh, live beside West Banco and Pepper yeah. and Nitro. Yeah. And he was pulling like a load of wood down with a lawnmower and rolled it. Oh god. And he, whenever he fell off of it, it knocked him out. And one of the people from West Banco came and helped oh, him geez, get back up. Geez. He's up and walking, but it's a little rough on him right now. Yeah. Grandpa or uncle? You said just my uncle. Should be uncle. Your uncle. Which one is? Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> Bob, what? All right. When did that happen? Oh, last week. I had my appointment on the third. Oh. They done my blood work and everything. So I'm just waiting results to see Pull what the next Jesus step name. is yeah. in that Pull journey. Jesus name. Yeah. Well, I mean, this one, this may be the, the last. It will be. You won't be here next week, probably. Probably not next yeah. week or guys' nights yet yeah. until after the wedding. You gotta get stuff ready for the house, stuff ready for the wedding. Yeah. If I make it, I make it. Um, but this may be the last one for a little while. So yeah, pray for us and send us some peace because I know how hard it is spiritually when I don't have my Thursdays and Saturdays. So yeah. everybody good. Uh, if we would, I want Mike and Will in the middle. I was gonna pray for them no matter what. Um, and then as we're praying for them, I'll go into all the rest of them. So we'll all, Mike and Will, you guys hold hands, get in the middle, and we'll surround you. Yeah, it's it's you guys don't have oil in your car? Just like right here. We're not Nazarene. We're still 30. We're not Nazarene. We're harvest. I'm all right, thank you, Jesus, so much for, for Mike and Will. Lord, we're so grateful that you have ordained these two people to, to be together, Lord. 
we're so grateful, Jesus, that um, they have been able to be faithful to one another, that they have been able to love one another, Lord. Father, we're so grateful that Will is going to learn how to raise up children just like you, Father. Uh, Jesus, I pray and ask that you would help Will to learn how to love Micah for the rest of his life like you love the church. Father, I pray and ask that you would help Micah to be so selfless that, that it's, just, it's just as much selflessness as Jesus on the cross, that she is willing to lay down her life all the time, not just for Will, not just for her children, but for their marriage and their relationship only so that they can grow deeper and further in you. Yes, Father, we anoint them for this new ministry that they're about yes. to walk into, which is called marriage. Yes. Father, we're, we're anointing them right now in Jesus' name yes. for the ministry of, yes. of parenthood, Lord. Father, we, we rebuke all the plans of the enemy. They shall not prosper. We speak the blood out of, over, of Jesus over their lives, over their reputation and marriage. Yeah. Father, we speak the blood of Jesus over their house and over their children. Father, we pray and ask that everything at the wedding would go smooth, that it would be better than expected. Father, that if there's someone there that doesn't know Jesus, I feel the yeah. Holy Spirit. That if there's someone there that doesn't know Jesus, that by the act of them coming together and being yes. one, mm. that their life would yes. be changed forever. Yes. That because of Will and Micah's love that is only located in the Father, yes. that they yes. would say, Thank what you. is yes. this type Father. of love that I've yes. Father. 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 That their life would be yes. changed forever and they would enter into the kingdom that yes. day at that wedding. Father, we Lord, love them. Lord, We're Lord. thankful for them. We're Lord, praying for them. Lord, Father, I pray and ask that uh, yeah. as they go into this marriage, that they would remember that they can't do it alone, that it can't just be Will and Micah yeah. and God, but they have brothers yes, and sisters yes, at any Lord. time are ready to come over to the house and pray yeah, heaven down. Father, I thank you for all the people that were here tonight, Jesus. I thank you that everything was orchestrated. Yes, Father, Lord. from Chad to yes, Kylie Lord. to Andrew to Jake to Jonathan uh, to Kirby and Bob, Father, all these prayer requests, Lord, we lift them up yes, to you right yes. now. Father, we yes, have no Jesus. clue what these people are truly going through, Lord. We're not in their bodies. We don't know, Lord, but we're asking that you would move on their behalf. We declare and decree the favor of the king over them, and we ask that your will would be done. Now, Father, go before us, stay behind us, put your angels around about us. Protect us, Lord. I pray and ask that each and every single church service tomorrow yeah. would be the yes, greatest Jesus. church service that either yes, one yes, of us yes, would experience tomorrow. Yes, and our whole entire Revive lives. the nations, we Lord. Ask revive the Bible. counties, the Father, cities, we ask the towns, that you states, would bring your Holy Spirit yes, in. Jesus. That you revive us, healing, Revive us, breakthrough, Lord. That yeah. deliverance would break through in every congregation. Yes, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Every time. My mom said that I can't go. She can tell you when I know. Andrew's never been to Meepo. Meepo, way down. Legendary. Oh, you're not going? No one will ever know.
If someone pays for your food, what? If someone pays for your food, nah, I'm gonna ask you. You need somebody pay for your food. Nah, that's not like as far as I swear. No way. You do what you do. 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 Everybody, real quick, real quick, real quick. Raise your hand if you're going to meet both so we know it counts. Are we doing what now? Don't raise your hand into the fan. Raise your hand if you're going to meet both. Hands up high, Sensium. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Makes you want to cry. Oh, <laughs> 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 <